Okie dokies. It is... Okay. I have been forgetting what episode we've been on for literally every episode except for the first one. And I guess the second one. And maybe the third one? See, even I'm forgetting that aspect. But now we are officially on the seventh episode of the Run In My Mouth podcast. I am your overheated host, Aaron, and uh, allow me to run my mouth for a while. I'm gonna just say it. It's hot. It's so hot. It is just, it's like, I, I really don't know how much longer I can like endure this. Cause like right now my AC is running. Usually when I record like podcasts or videos in my apartment, I'll turn the AC off cause it makes a lot of noise. I'm not doing that. It's far too hot to do that. In fact, I can't really see from where I'm sitting because the light is kind of blinding me, but I'm pretty sure my thermostat reads either 77 or 78, and it's set on 74, and it's been running, well, it doesn't run nonstop, I'll give it that. My my thermostat, I went from being set on 70 because I like it cold to 74 because I have acknowledged that it's never going to get down to 70 in my apartment. And it's not because, like, you know, my apartment's, like, old or poorly insulated or anything like that. It's just so obscenely hot outside that it's literally impossible (laughs) to get it down to 70 because ACs just aren't that efficient. And it also could be because it's just, I don't know. I don't know how old my apartment is, but that could also be the case. I really don't know. But it's hot. And I don't even really want to be wearing the shirt right now because, like, it's it's just so hot. I really wish there was, like, a ceiling fan in my living room area. I was going to say era. My living room era in my living room area, but there isn't. There's one in my bedroom, blessedly. Um, but I would definitely like another one because it's just so hot. It's just so hot. Like, I, as soon as I step outside, every single one of my sweat glands, like, initiates all at once and it's just it's just too much but thankfully you know it's um I don't want to say it's kind of like the desert because it is absolutely not like the desert it is so humid here as well but I was gonna say it's sort of like the desert in that at night it cools off but at night it gets to like 70 75 like outside which means that my ac can actually cool down to 74 and probably could cool down to 70 at night but honestly i'm not even gonna try with that um so you know when i wake up in the mornings my ac is usually off or it like cycles on and off but during the day it's like on non-stop which is not good for my power bill but you also know it's not good for my power bill being dead because then i can't pay it So then that debt is going to transfer to somebody else and it'll be their problem and not mine. And I intend on staying alive so that I can pay my power bill. Um, Speaking of power bills, I got my power bill literally today and it's um, a lot. I'll say that. It's a lot. It's a lot to me. I mean, I guess for the size of my dwelling and for my usage, it might be typical. But to me, it feels like a lot, you know? It's just, yeah, I I don't know what else to say about that other than it's hot and I wish it wasn't so hot. You know, sometimes after work, because my workplace doesn't have covered parking, because, I mean, it doesn't really need it, I guess. But um, I crank on my car and the, <laughs> the freaking thermostat on my dashboard said, I think it was 107, either Thursday or Friday. 
it's been consistently over 100 degrees outside and it feels apocalyptic. I'm just going to say it. It feels like we are in the end days because it's just so hot, like unprecedentedly un unprecedented. It's it's hot and there is no precedent for it. I'm I'm just leaving it at that because my brain is melting. Um, now, I do remember that temperatures were like really cool for like a while. I feel like leading up into maybe not May, but at least April, April into early May, it was still like spring temperatures, which is very unusual. It wasn't usual to me anyways, because usually, you know, April, May, things start really heating up. But, you know, I mean, now we're in August, at least, you know, at the very least, it's all downhill from here because we're going into September and then October, even though in late September, it, it is still obscenely hot. However, I remember from the two times that I've done the golf tournament here in Jackson, where I've had to make it to set around like seven o'clock in the morning. And around that time, during that time of the year, um, actually, no, the sun, no, we would, we would start at seven. That was when like the actual, that's what, that was when broadcast would start. I think we had to make it to set like at six or something like that, before the sun came up, essentially. And it would be cold, cold, like wintry cold, almost. And then by the time the sun like got in the sky, it would get really hot. So I have that to look forward to, I guess. I'm probably not going to be doing the golf tournament again this year, much to my dismay. I really do enjoy doing it despite the insane conditions, but I don't think my job will allow it. Not that they like wouldn't want me to that kind of allow it, just that, you know, I would be working too much to be able to do it, which it might seem wacky to some that I took time. I used my personal time off of my previous job to go work another job, which like, you know, it does sound a little wacky on its face, but like my last job sucked real hard and I was going to do whatever it took to be doing anything else. So to me, it made sense. Let's just put it that way. So yeah, how do I even get started about that? Oh, right, because it's so hot. Yeah, it's really hot. I don't know what to say. Like I took my trash out earlier, like a few minutes, like 30 minutes ago. And it's just, just, just hot, just hot. And I'm thinking back to what the three times that my power went out in June. Was that June? Yeah, that was in June. And I'm just thinking now, like it was hot in June, but the temperatures inside my apartment never got higher than like 88, which is still like obscenely hot. But if my power went out now, like I would just perish. I would just die. Like there's no, there's no coming back from that. And in fact, I think there's been some power outages in some parts of the city for reasons that I'm not aware of. Um, so they are currently dealing with that. And like, yeah, I don't know if I could endure another power outage in, in this climate. Like I would, honestly, I would just skedaddle back to Alabama and okay, I would come back. I'm, I'm not not coming back, but you know, for a while, just like take a, take a brief, you know, a little two week sabbatical, you know, and just kind of uh, rest, recuperate mentally, prepare myself for, I mean, it's hot in Alabama too. So I don't even really know, like there's not really a whole lot of respite from this and I mean even places up north it's hot so like 
I, where do you even go? The Southern Hemisphere. Duh, that's where you go. Because it's literally winter right now. Which begs the question, since we are having sort of unprecedented heat in the Northern Hemisphere, what's going on in the Southern Hemisphere? Like, are they having wacky winters down there? Is it like snowing in New Zealand? Inquiring minds would like to know. And those inquiring minds are me. Um, I mean, you would think, I mean... The majority of, like, the world does live in the Northern Hemisphere, so obviously we would be hearing about, like, a lot of, like, summer-related stories because most of the population of the Earth lives in a place where it's currently summer. But I want to know, like, are they having a wacky winter down south? Like, what's going on with that? I really want to know. Probably not, considering, you know, the, the globe is heating up and not really cooling down. But also, you know, with climate change, it's not just wacky winters or not just wacky summers, but it's wacky winters as well. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, Australians, New Zealanders, Kiwis, um, Tasmanians, what else is down there? People who live in South America, Chileans, Chileans, um, the Falkland Islands. What's that like little island kind of sorted in South America that the French or the Dutch and the British were like fighting over for like a really long time. You guys, you're down there. Uh, call in, we're standing by. I want to know, is the winter being weird right now for you? And um, I'm going to move on from this weather-related topic because I'm not a meteorologist. Um, never had the desire to be one either, you know. There's a lot of typical like kid careers, like firefighter and police officer for some reason, and um, I don't know, what do, what do doctor, the do kids want to be doctors? I mean, I, I do know there is a not insignificant um, population of children, kids these days that want to be influencers. But I'm talking about like, you know, back before we had computer, um, like what, what did children want to be? I know I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was um, a young child. Um, but I guess somewhere along the way, I realized that I would have to watch an animal die, and I didn't want to do that, so I changed my mind. Um, but what, how did I even get on this freaking subject? Oh, I guess weather person is also like a, a career aspiration that people have, but I guess now, you know, there's not really a lot of people like actively watching network television. There are still some. There are still actually a, a pretty good deal, but... um. Not a lot at the same time. It's decreasing, I'll say that. So I'm wondering, like, is there less people who want to be meteorologists? Or I guess less children, because as we know, children aren't people. <laughs> less children that want to be meteorologists now that, you know, they're not being as exposed to meteorologists anymore. Inquiring minds would like to know. And once again, those inquiring minds are me. So me wants to know. Um... But I, I've written down, like, a couple of things. And I'm looking at my phone over here. It's, it's over there. It's where the things are written down. And one of the things that I, I wrote down, like, two things. One of them is that it's hot. Which, I mean, it is. But um, another one. I had a pretty cool experience over the last couple of weeks. I went to Baby's first punk show. Like, wow, amazing. And... I didn't have to travel hundreds of miles to get there. I was at a punk show in my own town, which is just so, so cool. So I feel like in order to explain this, I have to go back a little bit. There's a story involved with this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself comfortable 
And I suggest you get yourself comfortable too because it's kind of a long story, but also not really. So as I may or may not have said previously, I work at a news station and as such, I um, have access to our archives. Um, and so I was looking for some specific footage. I was trying to find any footage that we may have had of a tornado being caught on camera for a project that I was working on. And our digital archive goes back to, I think 2007, it goes back a pretty long time. And in doing that, I searched for, um, I think tornado, the, the search term was tornado caught or caught tornado or something like that, a combination of those two words. And I was trying to find like, you know, if we had had any previous newscasts where we had like caught a tornado on camera and I wasn't able to find any in, in that specific system. But um, I did find a news report from 2010 about a small band that was caught in a tornado, I believe in Holmes County, which if you don't know where that is, which most of you probably don't know where that is because most of you probably aren't in Mississippi. That's, um, was it Holmes County? I think so. Hold on. Now I have to look up where Holmes County is because I kind of legitimately don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Jeez, just fumbled my phone there. Okay. I feel like I knew at one point, but I, I've soon forgot. All right, Holmes County. This is not in Ohio. God dang it. I'm not in Ohio. Holmes County, MS. Okay, I don't think it was Holmes County now that I think about it. Because I'm looking at this on the map and that's definitely not where it was. It was by, is it either by Starkville or by Tupelo? I can't quite remember. It was on a freaking highway somewhere in Mississippi. That's all you really need to know, okay? And there's this band, they're traveling to Memphis and they got caught in a tornado in their little Jeep and all of their, you know, equipment was destroyed and... They were traveling to, I think, like a battle of the bands or something in Memphis, and they eventually ended up getting there. They were injured, not really seriously injured, but they were definitely injured. And um, they ended up performing on like borrowed equipment. And I don't know if they ended up winning. I don't think they ended up winning the battle of the bands or like placing or anything like that, or even what the, I don't know, what their placement within the competition was because that wasn't really reported on. But um, I, I, looked, I looked up the band because, you know, the overall aesthetic of the members and the um, title of the band kind of gave me a certain vibe. And I looked them up. The name of the band is Burning Windsor. And I find out they're like a, a kind of metal slash hardcore slash punk band. I'm going to describe them as punk because I, I don't really know what else to describe them as. Um, like 2000s era like post-hardcore, post-punk, that kind of thing. Um, some of their songs honestly put me in the mind of like early Under Oath or early kind of that era. Not necessarily metalcore, but certainly on the road there. We'll put it that way. Just the amount of nuance within genres really makes it hard to like describe something accurately, but I'm trying my best here. And so uh, Burning Windsor, they are a were they're not together anymore as far as i can tell they might have broken up 
in either 2011 or after 2011, maybe 2012, because I found this weird website. Well, it's not weird, but I found this website called Reverb Nation that had like a profile of the band, not like a, a journalistic profile, but it had, you know, information about them. Not almost sort of like a MySpace page. I did find their MySpace page, but um, as we may or may not know, I, they like accidentally deleted half of MySpace. So the website is kind of um, in ruins. And while, you know, the page on MySpace still exists, you can't play any of the songs. You can't really see a lot of stuff like you have the record of it being there but you can't really interact with the page at all which is very sad i was able to find an archived version on um oh what do you call it the web archive um archive.org but um since you know most of the internet was flash back then it it doesn't really function there probably is a way to like um see old pages that were primarily flash i just wasn't you know trying to do that at the time for whatever reason. Anyways, Band Burning Windsor. Um, I think I said they were from Vicksburg. Um, at first, I thought their name was like a reference to the Windsor Castle in like Great Britain burning. There's actually um, a old plantation house or something like that um, called the Windsor Plantation or something. And I actually was able to find their, not Bandcamp, because that wasn't around back then, I don't think, but um, Big Cartel, like their online shop, where for some reason it's still up and somehow it's like still there, where they have like a CD for sale and they have a, I think like a poster or a wall flag for sale. And they also have a t-shirt for sale. And I saw in the news report and in um, the um, t-shirt, the they were wearing the t-shirt and it had like these three like pillars and this is like a pretty well-known landmark in Vicksburg. I've never been to Vicksburg. Um, but if you go to Vicksburg, there's like the ruins of an old plantation house that burned down. And the only thing that's like left are these like Greek revival style columns. And that's like what's on the shirt, which I think is so cool. Um, I haven't tried to buy anything on the website because I'm fairly certain my money would just disappear. Even though the shirt is only $12. So like... I kind of want to try because the shirt honestly goes hard a little bit, but I don't think I'm going to be able to find anything. So that's, that's really unfortunate. But um, yeah, I was listening to some of the tracks that were available on the um, Reverb Nation page. And I'm like, these people are from Vicksburg and like this is like music that I like. And it's like, you know, it's it's very rare. It's not impossible it's definitely not impossible, but it is certainly rare. I mean, there aren't really a whole lot of bands, I would say, that have national attention to come out of, I would say, the dirty South. So like, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call, I'm coining that the, the dirty South, the Dixie South perhaps even like basically all the places where slavery was like the worst <laughs> that little area like in in Alabama I mean there's Maylene and the Sons of Disaster but I've tried to listen to them a couple of times all the tracks to me just sound like country like I don't like it might be country metal but it's just I don't know it's it, the vibe isn't right for me so like I haven't really tried to explore their music a whole lot um 
Georgia, I mean, listen, you have like Atlanta. That's a pretty big metropolitan area. So there's probably a lot of pretty well-known bands to come out of Atlanta or even Georgia at large that I just don't know about. I mean, Tennessee, again, is another like really big place for music. So, I mean, the only band that I know of off the top of my head that came from Tennessee was um, the Tony Danza Tap Dance Extravaganza because they're from Muffreesboro. And the vocalist is like a cop there now or something. So that's the only one that I can kind of think of off the top of my head. And of course, I'm, I mean, there's like some newer metalcore type bands that are from Alabama, like Era, which I love with my whole heart. Um, and Gideon. Um, and probably some like smaller upstarts that I'm not, I'm just not aware of, you know? So it, that also really goes to show like there's just a lot of like small, not super well-known, tal- talented bands that I just am not aware of. And, you know, even though we are in the age of the internet and it is really easy to discover music these days because it's just so readily available, it's kind of hard at the same time, you know? But anyways, back to Burning Windsor. What do you mean change the battery? Oh my God. Back to burning windsor um there's there's a few like there's some information available on their reverb nation page and one of them is like a short little bio that has all the band members names and of course there's the information about them getting caught up in a tornado and surviving it like okay so to explain the situation a little bit they were driving on a highway and there was like a tornado coming and they were in like a little Jeep and they might've had like a trailer as well with their like equipment and stuff in it, which using a Jeep as like your travel vehicle, like, I don't know, man, I, Jeep owners, you might disagree with me, but to me, a Jeep for like interstate travel, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the vibe. It doesn't seem like the most comfortable car to travel in long distance. I'll just say that. But, um, they pull up next to this 18-wheeler um, to try to, I guess, shield themselves from the tornado that's, like, coming this way, and then here's the 18-wheeler, and then here's them. But both them and the 18-wheeler end up getting wrecked, so it kind of didn't help. But anyways, there was um, a snippet about that incident. Um, there's, like, a video section. There's, like, a, a follower section where it shows all their followers, I guess fans, it's called on that website, and there is also a section that lists out all of their, um, I guess, uh, tour stops. So like places that they've performed. And the last one, I'm gonna assume that they stopped in 2011 or 2012 because their last um, live performance that was at least available on that, um, that website was in 2011. So I'm assuming not long after that, they called it quits for whatever reason. But um, I was kind of going through like the list of the venues that are listed in there. And there are some, you know, in Tennessee, um, I think Arkansas, maybe Louisiana, maybe Alabama. But there's also quite a few that are in Mississippi um, and some that are Okay, I don't think there's any in Jackson. There's one, like, in Raymond, and there's one in Tupelo. And the one in Tupelo is the one that I'm, like, focusing on right now. There was this venue in Tupelo, Mississippi, which is about three hours away from me, so still quite far. It's um sort of close to the Tennessee-Mississippi border, but not, like, 
you know, it's where Elvis is from, to give you an idea. <laughs> so at least I think so. Is Elvis from Tupac? It's not important right now. That's not important. It's not. But there is this venue in Tupelo, Mississippi called Good Time Charlie's. And in doing some little Google research, I was able to find that this venue, which lasted... I don't know when it first opened, but I'll say that they hosted a lot of bands starting in 2008 and going all the way up until 2015 because there's this website, I guess, that um, has a record of a bunch of like concert venues and also a lot of shows that were played at those venues, which, you know, is certainly a wacky like website concept, but I am immensely grateful that that existed because I was able to see the bands that played at this this venue in Tupelo, Mississippi, of all places. Like, Tupelo is not, like, a super big city. I think there might be, like, casinos and stuff there, and of course Elvis may or may not be from there, but to see the bands listed, like, Ice Nine Kills, like, uh, Icy Stars back in 2009, a lot of, like, decently big metalcore bands in their heyday, I would argue, were coming to this little, like, I guess, bar or club in Tupelo, Mississippi and performing. And, you know, when I saw that, it really made me feel a type of way because, you know, as someone who enjoys and even loves this type of music, in order to see the bands that I like live and in concert, I have to travel at minimum I don't know, like 200 miles away to, to see them because the truth is that these kind of bands don't really perform in Mississippi anymore because, you know, I, I'm subscribed to the Metalcore subreddit. All the tour announcements get announced there. <laughs> um, uh, there's this page on Lamb Goat that lists, like, basically every tour announcement that, you know, how do I say this? Every tour announcement that gets reported on on that website has its own little section. And sometimes I'll go down each section just to see like where each tour stops. And if they are United States tours, you know. And I, I always see that, you know, Alabama, Mississippi are almost always skipped over. Like Birmingham, I feel like is on the up and up for metal and metalcore bands to like perform there. And, and when I say like metal and metalcore, I really do kind of just mean metalcore, which is a large genre, but also comparatively not that large if you think about it like I don't want to say it's niche but I will say it is a musical niche within metal itself so that's why I don't really feel comfortable using like the the term like metal because that that encompasses a lot of like different things but anyways um you know Birmingham I would say is on the up and up like a little bit but essentially if you have a U.S. tour of you know your regular regular metalcore band and they come to the south there's pretty much a guarantee that they're going to come to Atlanta probably the masquerade um maybe make a stop in Florida maybe Nashville Tennessee um I'm trying to think very rarely New Orleans in the times that I have been in New Orleans for shows which I think I've been there three times no that can't be right no maybe I don't know, two or three, no, two times. In the, <laughs> has it really only been? Yeah, okay, no, it, it has only been two times. Okay. In the two times that I've been down in New Orleans, I have, you know, 
uh, been listening, I guess, eavesdropping <laughs> on the conversations of the people around me who are, you know, in line for the shows or like on the floor in between the sets. And um, they always say like, oh, you know, we never get anything down here in New Orleans. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, mm, imagine how I feel living in Jackson, Mississippi, the capital city of an entire state. You know, like imagine, imagine how I feel. Why is nobody thinking about how I feel? But um, <laughs> not only that, but it's like you would think, I mean, New Orleans is a pretty, it's a pretty major city, I would say to me. And you would think there would be more down there, but I guess not. But um, all that to say is that these kinds of bands very rarely come down here. And to see that at one point in time, they did, you know, even though it was maybe a brief stretch from 2008 to 2015, um, and I think most of those shows were concentrated in 2014 and 2015, or 2013 and 2014, somewhere in the mid-2010s, um, you know, to have had that at all and now to no longer have it. I mean, yeah, like I feel a type of way about it because, again, anytime I want to experience this wonderful thing called live music, um, I'd have to travel so far. And I know it's kind of weird to say that, like, you know, this isn't an essential service. <laughs> you know, it's it's a concert. It's not, I'm not going to die if I don't see people shredding on the guitar. But as a person who music matters a lot to, um, it, it does, it, it does matter a lot. Okay, I just rephrased that statement completely. As someone who music matters a lot to, to not have that definitely makes it feel a little not super great. And, um, you know, also just being into the genres of music that I am into and because it is also so like important to me for whatever reason, I don't know why it is that important to me, but it just is. Um, it can kind of be isolating. Like until I started working where I work now, there was like nobody that I could talk to, like that I actually knew like in person about the kind of music that I liked. And the only time I would be around, you know, my people was when I would go to these shows and I would really feel, even though, you know, most of the time I would be there by myself, most of the time I wouldn't really be talking to anybody or just kind of, you know, being off by myself, just experiencing it on my own. I still got a sense of community that I've experienced very rarely in my life. And, you know, I think I think all of this is, like, really important to me because for a really long time in my life, I've always felt like I've been on the cusp of the in-group, you know, which I don't want to get, like, all emo on the pod, but it, it is what it is. You know, when I was in middle school, I always felt like an outsider to basically everybody for reasons I didn't really understand. When I was in high school, I was sort of on the edge of like the popular group, but also on the edge of like the nerdy group. And I never really felt like I fit in with either of those groups. Like I, I was in a Venn diagram. I was like in the middle of the Venn diagram, you know, sort of by myself sometimes what it this is what it was felt like, you know, even though that may not have actually been the case, that that is what it felt like. And, um, you know, also just being ostracized for the way that I spoke or, 
my interests, which I guess tend to skew white or something. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But um, just a collection of experiences that have led me to never truly feel like I fit in anywhere. I think that's why I, I find, you know, the concert experience so, I guess, vital or important to me because, you know, those times that I have been to shows and stuff really were some of the, the few times that I felt like I truly belonged somewhere, which, ugh, that sounds so depressing, but it really is the truth, you know? Like, anyways, um, I've never been to Good Time Charlie's because when it was in its heyday, number one, I was living in Alabama, and number two, I was like a teenager, so there's probably no way for me to go there anyways. But um, again, to find out that something like that existed and no longer exists, it made me sad. Like, I was genuinely in my feelings for a little while. Like, <laughs> I can't really explain it, but it genuinely made me sad. Now, back onto the main, finally, after this whole long story, back onto the main point of this topic. Um, I went to a punk show last Sunday, and I think the only reason, okay, well, it's not really the only reason, but one of the few reasons that I even went to this punk show was because I was feeling this type of way about the loss of this kind of venue, which, I mean, to be fair, from Jackson to Tupelo, it is like a distance. So even if it if it did still exist, I would still have to travel quite quite a ways <laughs> to get there. But you know, I, I wouldn't have to go out of state. I guess is what I'm what I'm saying. And um, yeah, but I the the way that I kind of happened upon this punk show is also uh, serendipitously, I'll say. Um, so I was on next door one day because I like to know what the boomers are up to and I saw someone asking about um I think it's like a house or something on a street around here which is very not descriptive but a house on a street that had a sign on it and they were like what what's up with this house and then a person responded like oh it's um this thing called urban foxes or something like that and I think it's like a bakery or something but they also have events and I was looking at you know their event calendar to see like Oh, no, they specifically had live music. So I was looking at their event calendar to see what kind of, like, live music they had, you know, fully expecting it to be, like, blues or blues. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what else? It soul music, which two genres that I'm not really into, like, at all. Not to knock them. They are fine genres of music, you know, paved the way for a lot of, a lot of modern artists. But I'm just, it's not the vibe for me. That's the only thing I can say. But um, I was going through like a little drop down that they had of like certain events that were listed out. And I see this one that had like a list of names. I'm like, these names, these names sound like punk bands and I shall read you the names. So the names were Final Gasp, Born, Crypt Eater, and Sludge Lung. Now, if that doesn't sound like punk music to you. I really don't know what other genre it could be. So um, I guess at some point it got, for some reason they took it off the website because I guess it would be at a different venue. I think that's why. And so I went to that venue and I saw the like promotional poster for it. And I'm like, oh, this is definitely like punk. This is definitely punk music. 
like punk metal, something in that. I'm waving around this ticket that I have, by the way, because I printed it out. Something in there. Like, so I I end up looking up some of the bands. So Final Gasp, the um, opener, not the opener, the headliner. I look them up and they have a Spotify and I listened to their music and it wasn't necessarily punk. It was more like goth metal, that kind of vibe um, based off of the, I would say the, the vocals. The vocals were giving more goth than punk or like traditional metal. Um, and I legitimately was having a hard time finding any of these other bands because they are very small. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll give it a chance. You know, it, it's coming up pretty soon. I think I saw this maybe like the week before July 30th because that's when I went to see the show. Um, and also I should point out that this was this was here in Jackson, right? This wasn't, I didn't have to travel very far, you know, to, to see this, where this was. So I, um, what do I do? So, okay, that Saturday, I was, was kind of going through it I don't know if it's like hormones or just like recent events, but I've just been going through it recently and I was going through it on Saturday and um, I was kind of debating whether or not I wanted to go because I'd spent most of the day being emo and laying in bed. So I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm feeling up to it. Eventually Sunday rolls around and I'm like, fine, whatever, I guess I'll go. And I print out my little ticket, I get my little earplugs and I head to the venue and I get there and there's not, it's, it's very small. Number one, I want to point that out. The venue itself is in a restaurant. The restaurant has like different areas and the area that we were in was very small. It was just like a bar and like a, an area with some couches and stuff. And the stage was a rug in the front of the room. So that's giving you the kind of, the kind of uh, vibe of this punk show, very DIY, very, you know, I don't want to say industrial because that doesn't really make sense, but very, very punk. That's the only way that I can describe it. And, you know, I see, first off, I don't really know, like, if I'm in the right place because I have been to this restaurant before, but not this area of the restaurant. But, you know, eventually I see, like, you know, girls with shaved heads and a lot of black, a lot of flannel tied around the waist, a lot of studs, a lot of leather boots. And I'm like, I think I'm in the right place. (laughs) So... What can I say? Punks are very visually identifying. It's it's really easy to spot one. If you don't think you can find one, you're not looking hard enough. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, even though you know outside of the shows they might be very buttoned up, I feel like I feel like I can clock a punk. I feel like I can clock a punk. So I was a little nervous going in because I wasn't really knowing what to ex- what to expect. Um, I've never been to a punk show before. I feel like I should say that. I've always only been to metal shows, which I know, punk and metal, they're like cousins or whatever, but the vibes are pretty different. And, you know, it is a much smaller crowd. And listen, I'm just going to point out the elephant in the room. For the majority of the show, I was the only black person in the room. Like, I'm just going to say it because that was just the truth. I was the only black person in the room. Now, I think halfway through Final Gasps set, Final Gasps set, um, a black guy came in and was like vibing with us. But for most of the time, I was the only black person in the room. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to, I'm just going to stay in the back here. I'm just going to listen to the music and I'm just going to see what the vibe is. Cause you know, punks do get, or not get, 
I think they used to have maybe a not super great um, reputation. And by that, I mean the punk scene for a little while there was infiltrated by like skinheads, which is not fun, not a place that I want to be in, a place where skinheads are. No, thank you. You know, I value my safety. But then I realized, I very quickly realized that this is like actual punk. This isn't fake skinhead punk. This is like ACAB F12, like everybody's welcome punk. And after I realized that, I was like, okay, this is... This is a little bit better. I'm I'm at ease here, you know. So that was nice. That was really nice, even though I was the only black person in the room. To have it be a very welcoming environment was legitimately pretty nice. Um, and so I guess I can just go over the music that I heard. Okay, because it was such a small venue, the acoustics weren't super great. So... I'm gonna say that a lot of the songs that were played kind of just blended into one another. It's probably not the case in reality. It's just the acoustics of this little tiny brick room were just not great. (laughs) So that's not the band's fault. It's not even really the venue's fault. It's just the nature of the room, you know? Most of the time, even in like small venues that I've been in, like I think previous to this one, the smallest venue that I've been in has been Growlers in Memphis which that room, it's still a pretty decently sized room, but the acoustics, like the sound setup was just a lot better, even though I was literally like in the front of the room during that time. Um, Even then, I think mainly because it's like a, I don't want to say decent, because I don't want to diss the venue that I went to, because it it was fine, but because it's a, a more trafficked music venue. They don't have shows in this particular part of this restaurant that I was in, super often so maybe they just haven't I don't know I don't know what the case was it just was it was very loud as punk music tends to be and honestly the amount of people just going in there raw dog in that sound is like what even with earplugs in and I have pretty decent earplugs right I have eargasm earplugs not sponsored but they could they could sponsor me they're about, um, they're close to $40 silicone earplugs that have like a little filter in them. So they don't block out all noise, but they do block out a good bit of noise so that I can hear stuff and not go deaf and or get tinnitus. Um, so even with those earplugs in, it was still like really loud. And some people around me, they did have ear protection, which is good. But a lot of people around me did not. And I'm like, what are you doing? This room? Okay, I'm not going to go so far as to say the room was as big as my living room because it was bigger than that, but (laughs) it wasn't a very big room at all. There was not a lot of room for sound to travel. So like to be there, just like hearing that unprotected. Why? Why? You, You could not. But hey, I don't know. You know what's really punk? Having tinnitus, I guess. I don't know. But um, one thing that I really liked was that the um, lineup was uh, a variety of ages. You know, he had some younger people and he had some old heads. So for the first band that went on was called Sludge Lung. I can't remember if they introduced themselves or not. Again, the acoustic setup wasn't very good. The mics weren't turned up enough or, I don't know, the, the acoustic setup just wasn't good. So I couldn't really hear very well when a person would get on the mic. Um but I'm, I'm fairly certain, well, because I know the other two bands' names, 
I mean, process of elimination, the first band that went on was Sludge Lung. I don't know anything about them. Before I sat down to record the podcast, I tried to look them up to see where they were from. I don't know where they were from. They looked pretty young. Um, I'm, I can only assume that they're very local because I, I genuinely can't find anything about them online. I haven't been looking very hard, so that also might be the case, but they, um, they're decent. They're pretty good. I'll say that much. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I can say that. Um, the next band to go on was this band of old heads. I even coined a little term. I coined a little term. Okay, so you know how, like, there is dad rock, and, like, dad rock is a thing that exists. I think there also also should be a class of music called Uncle Punk, because, you know, punk music is, how can I phrase this? Your dad wouldn't be making punk music. Your uncle would be making punk music. And I can't really explain it any further than that. And I think, you know, Crypt Eater, is that what I said? Crypt Eater, yes. They would definitely be an uncle punk band. That was a band full of somebody's uncles. Like, and I say that very endearingly, by the way. That was a band full of uncles. And the vibes were great. (laughs) What can I say? I actually, okay, so... I did say primarily a lot of these bands, the the songs kind of blended into one another and it was just kind of like noise. But Sludge Long, I think they were just fine. They were perfectly sufficient. They were young. They can learn. Not to be mean, but you know. Um, but Crypt Eater, I really vibed to that. Like that, I was like, I was really getting into it. You know, I was like, oh, this is, this is good. Like I'm enjoying this like not to say that I'm surprised that I would enjoy punk music but for just you know based off of first impressions to be immediately impressed by something I'm like oh this is actually nice I like this and you know this this was like a very you know a cab f12 no skinheads allowed type of punk band in fact if you look them up crypt eater they're from Jackson as well if you look them up the I think the cover of one of their maybe like a single or an album or something i saw it on bandcamp there's like a cover of something that's on bandcamp and the cover is like a clansman like hanging so you know slay (laughs) so yeah i i I really i vibe with it what can i say like wow you know it's great band full of uncles the best so the penultimate band to go on was a band called Born, B.O.R.N. And they were from Birmingham. And um, they're, they're pretty good, too. You know, I have, um, I have video of all of them performing. But um, Born, they're pretty good. I got into it. Also, I should say, yeah, there was, there was, okay, there wasn't moshing. Because I think moshing maybe by definition, requires more than one person. Um, So there's some hardcore dancing going on. And of course, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. I I know what the deal is. When someone starts throwing elbows, you just got to get out the way. And I just had to get out the way. I I wasn't close to getting hit, but, you know. Thankfully, I think they were the, the people engaging in hardcore dancing, which one of them had a freaking knee brace on. So, like, what are you doing? But... (laughs) The people engaged in hardcore dancing, like, knew, like, okay, controlled chaos, basically. 
And um, it was really interesting, too, because there really wasn't a whole lot of space between the audience and the performers. Because, like, I was so close, so close to the people performing. It felt honestly kind of weird. <laughs> Just being able to make direct eye contact like that is... It was a little bit off-putting, I'm not going to lie. Because there were... I'm going to say less than 40 people in attendance, probably even less than that, but I'm really bad at estimating amounts. So it, it wasn't, it was a neat little handful of people there. So, you know, <laughs> it was, it was a very intimate little show. We were just so close, just so close. Um, not to say that that was bad or anything, but it was certainly a unique experience because I have never experienced anything like that. Just being like feet away, like, Two or three feet away. <laughs> it was, again, the stage was just a rug. That was it. So, you know, it was a little weird, but I got into it. I'm not going to lie. So um, the headliner was, again, the um, sort of goth punk metal band called Final Gasp. And they're from Boston. They have a song on Spotify that I actually do quite enjoy that they performed. I'm going to look it up. Final gasp they have 9,000 monthly listeners and I think they don't really have any they might just have like an EP or a couple EPs out as of right now but they have an album coming out in September September I think it's the 23rd what does this say it's on their Spotify September 22nd yeah September 22nd called Morning Moon, and they have a single called Morning Moon, and I liked it. It was really good. I, I liked it a lot. Now, what I thought was interesting, and, like, I sort of knew this because I'm, like, aware of punk music on some level, but, you know, the the scale, or I guess the, uh, the spectrum of song lengths, you got punk on one end and, like, progressive metal on the other end, because you have these bands who had songs that were like a minute and a half. And then you have bands like Periphery or Meshuggah or, you know, Vildharta with songs that are like 10, 11 minutes. So I don't know. I just thought that was funny how punk songs are like so short. And the songs that I typically listen to are like so long. <laughs> so, you know, I just thought that was a funny little observation. A fun little observation that I had. Somebody just, like, ran by. I thought that was a lawnmower at first. It's just somebody's not great car. But, um, honestly, check out Final Gasp. They, they kind of slayed. Um, again, another thing of just being just two feet away from them was, like, so odd. It was, it was just a little, it was just a little strange. It was just a little new. A little new, a little strange. And, um, shout out to the girl who I met there who, again... People at shows, when you are just uh, uh, just just this tall, they are so nice and will let you go to the front <laughs> because, you know, for a couple of them, I was trying to have to look over the shoulders of not really six foot tall men, but listen, I'm four foot 11, okay? Most people are going to be taller than me. So anyone moderately taller than me, I'm not going to be able to see over them. But thankfully, there was a girl who was like coaxing me up to the front and she like, I'm not gonna lie, she pushed me up kind of kind of far. Like, I was, again, steps away. And I was like, um, let me back up a little bit. I feel like I'm gonna collide with somebody, you know? <laughs> so, but shout out to her. She actually introduced herself to me and, like, gave me a hug. And I was like, whoa. 
so nice. Like, didn't have to do that. But, um, what was I saying? Okay, final gasp. Um, I thought they were pretty good too. You know, they, they shredded, they, they, they shredded and they shredded. I don't really know what else to say about them, but, um, did I say they were from Boston? They are from Boston. And, um, they were good. I like them. Their songs are on Spotify. They have an album coming out and when it comes out, I do want to listen to it. So, you know, I'm not really sure. Actually, you know what? I can, I can, I, I, I can look this up because, um, I have this app called Spotify Stats, and it gives you like stats on your Spotify, but it also gives you album, not album, genre breakdowns for like bands and stuff, which is really helpful for me. So let me see. I'm going to look them up on, let me see, final gasp, just to kind of give you an idea. I know I said they were like goth adjacent, but I think this will give me, let me see. Okay, not that. Um, okay, it's only telling me that's New England hardcore, so it doesn't really help me out a lot, but they are from Boston, and they are hardcore, so that's not incorrect, but it's not very helpful either, <laughs> so, yeah, but anyways, had a lot of fun, you know, didn't really get to, aside from the girl who, like, introduced herself to me, which is, again, so nice, she didn't have to do that, um, didn't really get to, you know, talk to people. But again, this isn't like a, an uncommon thing. Like when I'm at shows, I usually just like mind my own business. So my mom always asks me like when I, when I go to shows, especially when I'm by myself, which is again, most of the time, like, oh, you know, Aaron, when you, when you go to these places, do you like see people like more than once? And I'm like, I haven't really had the chance to do that because most of the time when I go places, like, okay, I've been to Memphis twice, but those are two different venues. I've been to Little Rock once, and I'm probably never going back because the drive is just far too long, and I don't want to. Um, I've been to New Orleans twice, but again, two different venues in two different times. Different bands, again, kind of different vibes. Um, Birmingham once. Um, I haven't, all that to say, I haven't been to a place enough times to see the same people at shows. But I think now, now that I know that there is at least one venue that plays punk music because there's another show coming up on the 15th that I intend on going to. Now that I know that there is at least one venue that has, even though, again, I'm not super into punk, but like I can get into it, you know? Now that I know that there is at least one venue in town that has these kinds of acts that come there, I might start seeing the same people over and over again. I might see the girl that introduced me to her at the next one that I go to. Honestly, I hope I do. Cause it was like at the end of the night and I was like, I was honestly, I was taken off guard when she started talking to me. I was like, huh? So I only, I only caught like half of what she was saying. So, you know, I got her name. Like I remember her name, but aside from that, not a lot. <laughs> so I am very excited that I found something like this here. And I think it really filled a void that I didn't know I had, which again, kind of depressing, but it is the truth at the same time. So yeah, there's another show coming up and hopefully that'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully I'll be able to get out of my shell a little bit more, talk to some people, 
socialize, which again, it's still kind of hard because as I was telling my mom and I probably told some other people this, but I don't really talk to people when I'm at shows because nine times out of 10 people go to these things with other people, be it their significant others or their friends. But aside from one person who, I don't know if we're really all that close, but um, aside from one person, I don't know anybody else who listens to this type of music. And the time that I did try to bring someone who didn't listen to this type of music to a show like this, it ended up not going very well. So like, you know, all that to say is that it is a little, I don't want to like intrude on someone else's group, you know, because like if you're in a group of people, now I've never had this happen to me, so I can't say how I would react, but if you're like in a group of people and you're like vibing with them, right, at a place, this is my, this is the visual representation of vibing, by the way. If you're (laughs) doing that and like a stranger comes up to you, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just like a mean person, (laughs) but I don't, I don't know how I would like, re- I don't know how I personally would react to someone just kind of inserting themselves. I don't know. I really don't know. I genuinely don't know. So who knows? Maybe people are nicer than I think. And I just need to realize that. I don't know. I guess I'm going to find out. But it would be nice to um not experience it alone. So... Yeah, that'll that'll come with with time, maybe, I think. I don't know. Again, I don't know how many I don't knows I can throw out there, but I had a great time last Sunday. I hope I have a great time coming up in a couple weeks. And um, I'm going to be seeing Bless the Fall in concert this month, actually, in a couple weeks, back down in New Orleans. And I know I'm going to have a great time. Because they're they're gonna they're, it's the um, Hollow Bodies tenth anniversary, and the only thing I want like I like Hollow Bodies as an album a lot obviously and obviously this is their tenth anniversary you know tour for it to support it, but it would be really nice to just get one song just one. Well, usually hold on usually when Bless the Fall they usually play um. Two point into. What is the name of that? Hold on. The, the, like, this is embarrassing because this is, like, you know, allegedly my favorite freaking album, or one of them at least. I can't even remember it. It was What's Left of Me. I was trying to figure it out. But 2.0 into What's Left of Me at most of their shows. I'm hoping they will continue that. And, you know, I'm hoping to lose my domestication at the gig um, when they play Hollow Body as the song. You know, will I enter the pit? Probably not because I'm probably going to get hurt. And I don't like getting hurt. So I'm going to stay out of it. But honestly, as long as they play something from Witness, I will be so happy. That's it. That's all I want. And this battery is about to die. So I have no choice but to end the freaking episode. Follow me on Twitter. Um, That's it. I have to go because my camera is dying and I just don't have the time. I've had a great couple of weeks. My happiness is high, but my sadness has also been kind of high. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you for letting me run my mouth about music for the upteenth time. And uh, I got to go because this thing is going to die. I was done anyways.